Once again, another podcast to talk a lot about, I guess is how you say it. I'm Greg White, and joining me as always is my guy, the fastest retired commentator on the planet, next to Simon Crafer, Jason Pridmore. No. What's up, JP? There's a lot of guys that are faster. I think James Hayden does this thing. James Toslin does some, I mean, look. Neil Hodgson, he's probably faster, dude. I could probably get top 10. <laughs> dude, that would be it. Top hey, 10. for anybody out there who's like super yeah. rich, reach out to us. Yeah. If you want to dump, say, I don't know, Jay, throw a number at it. A Half dollar? a million? Half a million dollars? Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and get a, an announcer's cup going. We can pull everybody oh, who's yeah. a former announcer working on TV or radio. Not or a something. former announcer, a current announcer. Sorry, current announcer, former yeah. racer. Mm-hmm. You know, someone with an actual resume, not some chode like me, but you know what I mean? Like what mm-hmm. I'm saying is, although, you know, oh. if someone offered me up a bike, I'd, I'd get on the track with yeah, you. We know. Nuts. we know you would. Huh? We know. We know you would. Have we really done, is this like really episode 141? This is really episode 141. Wow. I know. We've been, we've been at this a little while, dude, and it's pretty wild. we appreciate everybody listening and growing, oh, yeah. and if you want to support the channel, you can go to patreon.com slash Greg's Garage TV and chuck us a couple dollars, and when this season wraps up for us, we're going to start, I'll start doing some more like long-form interviews and things like that that we're going to post up, so we'll, we'll use clips in the podcast, and I'll probably post up the entire one on a Patreon, so you subscribers get some special content. Thanks for everybody who's supporting us so far. Thank you so much for hanging in there as well. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, in case you don't know, by the way, right, Jay, this one is uh, this is presented by, it's the Greg's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com and Jason.com. And Jason, did you know that the guy who heads up Bike911.com, Alessandro Asande, is a Wira West Superbike, Superstock, and Formula One champion? So my question for you is, yes. yeah, it's Wira West. Minor national. So, but his are oh, expert and minor novice. Not even close. Huh? Asante would smoke you. He hadn't even been on a road bike in I don't know how many years, and he'd still smoke the old Greg White. Whatever. He also he also held a competition license in AMA Supermoto and Superbike. And he's a 2019 jury verdict of the year nominee. If you need some legal stuff and you're a motorcycle enthusiast, wouldn't it be nice to talk to someone who actually talks your talk? If you need some legal aid, go check out bike911.com. Tell them Jason Pridmore sent you. There's a link in the description of this podcast as well. Bike911.com. If you're listening to my words, if you want to, you could put www. in front of it. Oh, very nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Alex, guy's, great guy. He's the yeah. guy. If you're going to talk to him, especially in our in our sport, if you need a guy like him, he's such a good guy to bounce things off of and super approachable. So, yeah. Yep. Thanks, Alex. Really good dude. All right, Jay, well, looking ahead in this one, we're going to talk about the penultimate Moto America round for 2021, our preview of what we think is going to happen this weekend, talk about some championships, who might wrap, because we have two race weekends left. We're also going to talk about World Superbike in France, because there was a lot of drama to talk about. Pro Motocross, Mm. yeah, I know. Pro Motocross crowned its first champ, and um, he was French. So there's a lot of French talk going on here. We're going to touch uh, on American Flat Track results in Arai News. And there's MotoGP to preview this weekend, Jay. So it's another big weekend ahead, isn't it? We got all three this week. We got Moto America, right? And then we got yep. World Superbike and MotoGP. Yeah, is there another World Superbike this weekend? That's right. They, they, go, they go three I, in a row, don't they? 
Well, no, I think they go to Catalonia. Then they have a weekend off when we're at Barber. Or maybe they go, or are they at Barber? Do they go, when we're at Barber, are they at Catalonia? I can't remember. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe they go Catalonia. Well, aren't and then you? Her, and then her, you, I'm going, I'm going to go over going, you moron? Yeah, but not to all three. So I thought oh. it was like. Uh, no, I no, no. They, they're off. They're off this weekend. September. This weekend. So yeah, Catalonia is the same weekend as Barber. Right. And, and then, then they go. They to go Jerez. Yep. And then, and then they go to Portland. The following weekend they go. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Then they have a week break and then they wrap it up. They have yep. like one left in October. Then they have to wait an entire month to, to finish the season up. Yep. So if, the seri- if that series stays the way it is right now in terms of the battle, just the raw fight, um, that's going to be painful for a lot of fans to have to wait a month to conclude oh, yeah, that Superbike yeah. Championship. Yeah. It kind of is yeah. what it is. But let's get things off. Uh, started with the or news by, presented by Arai. But I just had a hard time getting that out. You know what I mean? But uh, anyway, <laughs> you know. Hey, Arai's proprietary one-piece multi-density EPS liner was developed to precisely position the most appropriate density for each part of the liner. This indispensable technique is an absolute necessity for producing a form that maximizes glancing off. Or in other words, a shell that's round and smooth. Learn more about this technology at AriAmericas.com. It's Arise Difference, people. AriAmericas.com. You can tell I didn't get a good night's sleep last night, dude. I'm all I, the map I didn't today. either. I'm, 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 I'm relying on you to hold me up here today because I'm a little <laughs> bit out of it. I didn't sleep at all. I mean, I slept horrible. All right. So, well, yeah, I'm a little bit out of it, too. You, yeah, you definitely want to stay tuned to this podcast because Jason and I haven't talked about what's going to happen in World Superbike. The only thing we know is that we have massively differing opinions. How do you know so, we have massively different opinions? Because I know you and we're going to break it. We might break up right here on the podcast. Really? That'd well, maybe. I mean, you, you don't know. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, yeah, we, we, that would never well, we gotta be. We got to break up and then we got to make up on Friday because oh, we got to be in the booth up. on Saturday. A little, little bit of makeup. Oh, no, fun. stop. Huh? Stop. Is that what you're saying? Stop. Cute. A press really release good. came out Tuesday this week. From KTM talking about the official Moto2 team for 2022. Did you see this, Jason? Yeah, and it's I did. Moto3 sensation Pedro Acosta teaming up with Augusto Fernandez. So a 17-year-old Moto2 rookie teaming up with a 24-year-old Moto2 veteran. Good idea, bad idea. What do you think? Great idea. I think Acosta is obviously the kid, and Fernandez is on. He's on some pretty good current form this year. They get back-to-back podiums in Austria, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, for those that don't know, right now he's teammates to Sam Lowe's, and uh, so yeah, he's he's done a really nice job, and I think that uh, that'll be a that'll be a pretty good team. I mean, I mean, Greg, when you step away from Raul Fernandez and and Binder, and you or I'm sorry, Gardner, Remy Gardner, Remy Gardner, and um, Fernandez are are off to MotoGP, and you get Acosta and Augusta Fernandez. I think that's pretty good trades. There is no better direct pipeline to MotoGP than that. Right that now, KTM team, right? That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. it's just it's it's a good decision, I think, for the team, and it's a great decision for the riders. So that that's going to be interesting to see how that all pans out. Hey, by the way, if you're a motocross the nations fan, no team USA in Italy this year, according to the AMA, participation for the September 25th through the 26th event was canceled due to quote ongoing COVID-19 mitigation efforts and ever changing travel restrictions presented presented logistical challenges that contributed to the U.S. team's decision unquote. Um, well, Italy's got a ban right now. Not a ban, but it's got like, a, you know, 12 days of, you know, 10, 10 or 12 days, I think you have to sit in there and be quarantined before oh, yeah, yeah. they let yeah. you out. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's going to kind of hurt that whole program. So it's too bad. 
donations isn't happening, but yeah. The way the you know, the other now. thing about donations though, that I've always found difficult and it's, you know, just in the years I've been around moto, some riders want to go and some riders don't. I mean, think about it, dude. They're, these riders have been at it since January. I mean, you know, been at it since the January. Used to be such a bigger deal. It used to yeah. be such a bigger deal. Like everybody wanted to go. Like back in the days of the war, Nomeras and Baileys and Bradshaws and yada, yada, all the way. It was such a huge deal. But now I agree. The schedules are such, especially here in America, these guys never get a break. No. They never get time off. And as, as awesome as it is to be able to see, you know, to be able to go over and represent your country and go to some cool places, it's got to be difficult. It does. And then you've got the idea that some manufacturers want to support the riders and some manufacturers don't care about it anymore. So mm -hmm. then you have that also. So we always seem to, you know, end up not getting our very best guys going, going over anyways. All right. So anyway, anyway, hey, how about this? An American flat track, former Junior Cup winner Dallas Daniels won at Springfield over the weekend at four wins, Jay. In AFT yeah. singles, he takes over the points lead. And when he's raced production twins, which he's only done four times this season, he's won three times and finished second once. Yeah. Pretty damn good. And really, in the really premier good. mission, a AFT super twins, former number one Jared Meese took a chunk out of Briar Bauman's lead, doubling up over the weekend. With two races to go in Sacramento and the Charlotte race, the last one of the year, I believe that's October 8th coming up, that championship could go down to the wire. So that'll be a pretty good one. Currently in the premier class, there's only a 12-point margin from first to second. Yeah, you're how, going to the last round, right? Yeah, I'm going to be there, yeah. How yeah. about Dallas Daniels, though, dude? Oh, my pretty God. Pretty good. Yeah, well, we knew he was good when he was road racing, too, and... You know, hopefully, I mean, we'll see if he's making a great living doing what he's doing. He's gonna and his heart's in it, man. So. Every Everybody tells me that Dallas really, he's his first choice is dirt track. Yeah. And well, there you we, go. we've seen some people, I mean, you know, even when Nikki Hayden was racing, he, he said his first love was dirt track as well. And I don't, you know, that's what he did when he was a kid. So you totally get it. But right now, Dallas Daniels has carved himself out a nice niche. The question is, will there be money, you know, in flat track moving forward for him to make, make a good living? Yeah. I mean, Estenson. Estenson's doing a good job of keeping that kid up, you know, around as well, which is yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, so it should be really good at the end. Uh, have you seen that KTM launched a updated version of the RC 390 now with more horsepower and lighter, at least as a street bike, right? You take bits and pieces off. We'll see. But I spoke to the powers that be at Moto America and that bike will be homologated for racing in junior cup in 2020. So be looking out for some folks to get their hands on a new KTM RC 390. Did you get to see any of the, the press release or the I design didn't. changes? No, you get that stuff through your email, I think. And yeah, I do. I do. Media yeah, yeah. Stuff, but I never saw it, but that KTM's not doing bad right now. So if they've oh, updated I know. It, made it a little bit better, um, yeah, that's, it's, you know, it, it could be, could be really good for those guys next year. It could be. And, yeah. you know, we've seen it, Jay, where you see a ton of 390. Well, I mean, it was the KTM series, but yeah. you saw 390s, then you saw, you know, kind of a mix one season, and then all of a sudden you saw nothing but the Kawasaki cup. And now that, you know, our championship leader in the class is on a KTM, I'm sure a lot of people are turning their heads. The problem is with the, our bike or whatever it is, that bike gets pretty expensive. It's like, you know, $18,000, $20,000 wow. motorcycle. The RC 390 is going to be at its normal price point. And it's got yep. some, you, it's got some visible design changes, yep. uh, which, which are pretty good. But anyway, you know, that's exciting. Junior cup obviously is a class where, we showcase young talent. And since we're on the topic of, of Junior Cup, a uh, former champion of the class, Brandon Posh, has been racing in Supersport and BSB on a triumph this season. He sustained a rich wrist injury that requires him to have a screw put in it. He's going to be replaced by Michael Dunlop until he's able to return 
The talk is Olton Park, September 24th through the 26th. That's the expected date. So good luck on the surgery and heal up quickly, Posh. Did you see? I didn't get to see the crash or, or hear I didn't how either. it crashed. I didn't get to see it. I, I, it sucks I don't get to. You know, my, my boy Andy always hooks me up and sends me the stuff. So I'll get to see some of the, some of the stuff that happens over there. But um, I think he'd done the fastest lap of the race. So he would have been on pole the next day because of how they do their lap times mm-hmm. and things. Yeah, um, it's just a bummer because Brandon's a grinder. He's over there, and I know he's had had a podium this year, and he's definitely starting to feel it. So hopefully, well, it must have been. Is it navicular? Did he break the navicular? I know? didn't. I don't know any of the specifics about it. Yeah, you're 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 the pseudo doctor at this point. You've seen yeah, more well, just, yeah. more X rays of your insides than pretty much anybody I know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's it's it is what it is, and it's hopefully hopefully it's a quick one. It sounds like it's a pretty quick deal if he's already trying to be back in two weeks. So. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to see. Um, I know those guys have a lot of back-to-back races right now, so um, it'll be interesting, too, to see what happens with him moving forward into next year. But for you and I, Greg, we're headed off this weekend to New Jersey. Uh, looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting down there. You and I spoke here a few minutes ago about the weather. It's supposed to be the nicest we've ever seen, probably, if it's going to be high 70s, low 80s. Um, we've seen it get pretty bad there, and I'm sure everybody at Moto America, when they saw or, or that are looking at this weather forecast, are pretty stoked. Yeah. Um, we can wrap up some championships. The ones that come to mind right now for me, uh, for sure, Super Sport. Uh, when you look at SDK in the year he's had, um, I know we can wrap up Superbike, but he's got to have like what? He's got to have like a hundred and what's he got to have? Seventy. He's got to have a seventy-five point lead, right? Right. So, so, so let's talk. Can, we'll, yeah, we'll talk Superbike. Yeah. So, yeah, what's what's his point lead right now? So it's a ninety-three point lead. Mm. There's mm-hmm. 150 points available. So yep. mathematically, only Matthew Skultz and Cam Peterson have a mathematical chance of even winning the championship right now. But yep. with that said, Cam Peterson is 141 points adrift with 150 available. Yeah. So he's, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, he'd have to Skult, win out too, by the way. So he'd have to win out and have Skultz and Gagne crash out of the next six races. Yeah. But yeah. He's still in the fight, which is good, you know, in a way. Skultzy on the other hand. So basically, Gagne can wrap it up race two at Jersey. If he wins out and Skultzy finish second, then after race two, Gagne would be champion with four races. And I'm doing, you know, an air quotes, right? Yeah, races yeah, yeah. Races remaining yeah. in the in this season. So, yeah. so Sunday morning's race. Um, I haven't looked at the actual schedule, but I'm assuming that's how we're doing it. We're going to have a race Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon, correct? Or two. That is correct. That that's yeah. correct. No. So we'll, we'll do our normal, our normal time about three o'clock, I believe yeah. on, on Saturday yeah. and then an 11 o'clock in the morning race on Sunday and then a three o'clock race in the afternoon. Got it. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I, it's really strange, but in, I mean, look, championships, the most important thing, but to Gagne, it's just like. Just keep the train rolling. Just keep it going down the tracks and keep winning these races. I feel, you know, one of the things we got to talk about too is it. You know, we, we mentioned it last week. I think that uh, did we mention it last week that Tony Elias is coming back and riding with them? Um, Why with we didn't because I think you and I we got both the date. Knew. We got it like an hour afterwards. Afterwards, we? yeah, yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah, um, I went back and forth with Tony a little bit. He's excited. I know he's been training, and uh, I'm 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 really liking the idea that we're going to get to see. Three of those bikes. I know Heron's going to be back, which sounds like he's better. Um, but we're going to have we're going to have three of those bikes on the grid. Um, Jersey should be really fun this year, and I don't think that Gagne. 
I don't. I think. I. I still think. Obviously, he's going to win, but I don't think it's. I think this racing will be closer. It's a little harder to get away at this track than at most of the others, mm-hmm. and we generally see some pretty tight racing here at at Jersey. Yeah, but the surface at Jersey too has been garbage, like yeah. absolute trash. And I, I saw last week on social media or something that there were some changes. They repaved some of the corners, I believe, like on the inside for some reason. Did you talk to anybody who raced? I did. Uh, the surface is good. I talked to Richie this weekend, Richie Alexander. They were there, Cor- right? Because like Corey court- was there. Club racing. Yep. And uh, so they did some of that, but I guess the track surface is actually pretty good. So, so all right. The whoop de doos that you saw, they fixed all that. And, <laughs> yeah. So you think track record this weekend? I mean, with looking at, at the way Gagne's riding right now, the way SDK is riding, so perfect weather, too. new, you know, like new surface in some key areas. I think it depends, you know, on Saturday morning when you would generally think that that's when it was, it's going to be at mm. its best. Do they do a qualifying Saturday morning? Mm. Um, the only thing that's concerning about that is I know that the riders are not going to want to make extra work for their teams, knowing that they've got three races on the weekend. And uh, actually, no, they only got one. They only got one Saturday though. So yeah, no, but those, you bring up a good point. I mean, you know, you have six races to go in two weekends. There's gotta be some reservation a little, you would think. So Saturday morning, basically, you have uh, Superbike qualifier number two at 11 to 11.30. So that's And then they're racing three. Good. They race at three. And they race at three. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but the temperature should be up. The sun yeah. should be out. I think it's it supposed should be to be perfect. 78 degrees as a yeah. high, which would probably be two o'clock. So you got to imagine at 11, it might be 74 degrees. If And if the sun's shining, and, and as long as there's traction in some key spots, like under the bridge and stuff, I don't. I don't see why not. I mean, for sure at three o'clock we could see a track record fall. If Tony can get a good launch and put What's a the fight, record, what is the record there? Do you know? Uh, they do no. a twenty or is it twenty ones or I don't remember either. But yeah, that's a good yeah. question. I mean, I can look it up while you're talking. I yeah, bet. no, I think, and I think that um, it's funny because Tony and I went back and forth a little bit, and again, this will be a good track for him in the sense of kind of learning more about what the Yamaha is really good at, which is carrying that speed through the middle of the corners, not really stopping it and, you know, not really getting it to a point, Greg, where you're squaring corners up because this isn't really that kind of track. And, uh, you know, you've got to roll, you've got to roll around Jersey and you got to, you got to roll, um, keep your hand off that brake lever and let the bike just roll through the middle of these turns. So I think that that in and of itself will be, a, a, you know, will be good for him. I think it's going to really motivate Josh Heron. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Ducati goes around this place too. Uh, we this place hasn't really been known for the best grip in the past, and I think with the repave, you know, uh, it might be a little bit smoother. That's I think what's what's more important to me, Greg, isn't so much just the grip; it's getting rid of some of the bumps that we had. You know, going up over that turn two down into that chicane. Remember how bumpy it used to be? Yeah, for sure. So some of that stuff, I think, if uh, if they've made that better, it should be better for Loris as well. Um, but yeah. I saw that Dave Anthony's not racing. It looks like Uribe's back with Bradley Ward at this round. Yeah, I believe he couldn't go to World Superbike Uribe we're talking about here because yeah. of, of some issues with, uh, you know, whatever, passport. Getting over there or whatever yeah, it just was. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so, yeah, so he'll be back. And then, uh, yeah, so Superbike should be interesting. And I think on the super sports side of things, I, I feel like SDK's got such a big lead in the points now that he's just going to be trying to still win races, uh, get those race wins. He can wrap it up, I think, Greg. Can't he wrap it up after the first race of the weekend? I believe. Uh, let's see. SDK is a 61-point margin. Okay, so, so 
Uh, It'd have to be after race two, then, right? Uh, no, he's got to have because he's got to have a seventy-five point lead going into race three. Right. So there is a possibility, but let's say that we go one two. So so the way we figured it out when we were in our production meeting is if if Escalante wins the first, first two race. races and SDK finishes second, because you got to look back and say who would be even challenging at this point. I mean, maybe yeah. a couple of those guys will step up, but if if you had that, he'd still win the championship after the second race. Because he would have a 51 point advantage, and there's only 50 points available after the race weekend. Yep. So, so he'd only lose 10 points if he did mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, so he'd still win it. Got yeah. it. So he's got to finish first or second. He'll wrap it up by race two. So it'll be interesting to see how he kind of approaches what he wants to get done this weekend. I think that, you know, if he goes out there and does what he normally does and just tries to get that win in the first race, that's going to be a big, obviously, big push for him. And, um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously got championship on the, on the line. So just to go back, track record for New Jersey. Yeah. Um, as of like I think when we when we arrived on the spot was Bobier actually broke the track record in 2020. Uh he did a 120.3 in the race and he did a 19.806 wow. in qualifying. Wow. So even with the way the surface was last year, Bobier was still breaking track records at yeah. Jersey. Yeah. And that's the um Rocco, Rocco, Rocco broke Junior Cup in Twins Cup. Rocco broke the track record in qualifying, but in terms of Super Sport and Stock Thousand, those records haven't fallen since sixteen and seventeen. But I mean, you know, we know why Super Sport different is like bikes that. and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was that? What was it in Stock Thousand? Just out of curiosity, if you have Stock it Thousand, the the was Matthew Skultz in seventeen as the outright record at a one twenty point eight. So oh, again, wow. this is one of those tracks that seems to be a little bit closer in terms of like six hundreds to thousands, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Even those. Well, I kind of have an idea of what those guys did down the weekend. Even so, twenty point eight, obviously, very, very, like super fast. Twenty one point so. three is Bobby Fong in two thousand sixteen. Yeah. And right. Was he on the we, Kawasaki then? Yeah, he was on the Kawasaki. I think yeah. wasn't this. This is one of the races. I believe Jersey was one of the races where he led on that Cowie. Do you remember he had he had provisional pole or something? Like mm-hmm. he, like Bobby and and he was racing with the leaders, or maybe even put it on the podium, like third or something. I can't remember, yeah. but but I do remember some of that. So, I mean, look, the thing about Jersey is is when we talk about it, a lot of people are like, oh, I got to go back to Jersey. Um, but it does it does lend itself to some pretty tight racing. Some We've seen a lot of great finishes at Jersey. We certainly have that, that run onto the final out of the final turns. One of my favorite turns, um, you know, like every track you talk about, I think the last turn there is really the talking point of this circuit because it's so fast. Um, but you know, generally we, we do see some tight racing, close racing and, and with the weather being good, we get a ton of fans at this one too. I mean, mm-hmm. Jersey's always been great for fan turnout. So the only thing is, that I'm concerned yeah. about, okay, yeah. yeah, is that those garbage Eagles are playing at home at one o'clock on Sunday. They're not. I think they're in Atlanta. I thought they were playing at home, Atlanta. Maybe they are. That shows you how little I've been following it. I thought I checked the schedule. I could be. I could be totally wrong. So, I mean, in terms yeah. of where they're playing, but yeah. that's the only thing I can think of. You know, as 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 we approach what today's mm-hmm. Tuesday, and I guess in two days is the NFL season kickoff. Thursday, right? Yeah. Do you remember Camp, our little, it, do you remember it, our date when we went it, to? Uh, I do. I remember you putting on the Eagles hat and singing the song you and all that. So high. So you great. So high. That was great. That was great. You were really a fan supporter there. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what happens, people, is I'm flying in on the Thursday before the race. At what was that three years ago already? Three years it feels ago, like ten years ago, but yeah, right. Jason's flying in from Cali. I'm flying up from North Carolina or wherever I was in in the East Coast. I send Jason a text saying, "Oh, by the way, the Eagles are playing Atlanta in the season opener because they had just beaten the New England Patriots." In God, the Super sounds, Bowl. So whoever the wins the Super Bowl gets to start the NFL season off. And so next thing I know, I get a text from Jason. I just got two tickets. We're going. And I'm like, what, what, what? Because as we know, uh, most people don't know. I don't do anything fun when I'm at the races. I mean, it's like race. I mean, I love being at the racetrack and researching, but I don't do anything outside of that. I go racetrack, true. eat, Very true. hotel, racetrack. That is With an emphasis deal. on eat. Nonetheless, uh-huh. I get off the airplane in Philadelphia, yeah. middle of the day, a couple hours before you, I believe, with a New England Patriots hat on. Uh-huh. The Philadelphia Eagles had just beaten the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And the woman on the Avis bus goes, yep. I wouldn't wear that hat if I were you. And I said, I'm going to the game tonight. Should I wear the hat? No, you should not wear the You shouldn't wear that. Bad hat. idea, GW, especially at that place. I go to the Avis preferred. My name's not on the board. I go inside. There's two guys sitting there. They see my hat and just go, oh, my God. They go, what? You guys just beat us in the Super Bowl. I'm going to the game tonight. Should I wear the hat? No, don't. Both guys, like in unison, do not wear the hat. I'm like, what? Could you explain why? And this one guy goes, yeah, because there's some guy in there from the 1980s who Steve Grogan pissed off, and he's going to take it out on your face. Yeah. And I was like, okay. The thing is, is that you're dumb enough to ask, can you explain why? Well, I wanted to know. Okay? Everybody So I could knows. tell a story later. It's a city, mm-hmm. city of brotherly love my ass. Yes, yeah. it's true. It's not. It's not the. You know as well as I place. do that game was brutal. The, the was, fans were very. They were very mean to Atlanta fans and to some of the players in the fourth quarter after the shut stop serving. Fourth beer. quarter. How about the first run on the field for our team? We just get our rings and we go four and out or three and out, and they're screaming about how bad we suck. So yeah, it was. Pretty Dude, good. it's even worse than that, people. Okay, we got to talk football for a second. So what happens is they roll out this I don't know fifty foot high Lombardi Trophy. Yeah. They had a backup quarterback in Nick Foles who won yeah. them the Super Bowl. He comes yeah. out, cheers. Everybody goes bonkers. He's the quarterback. They go three and out, and the fans are booing him. Boo, yeah. Foles, you're a bum. I'm like, dude, 30 minutes ago. Anyway, yeah. whatever. They would have never done that to Tom Brady in New England. As a matter they of won. fact. They won. They beat Atlanta. We remember. As a Yeah, but as a matter of fact, okay. Still it, paying it, off the parking ticket. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. We got crushed. <laughs> that was a. We yeah. started a trend of cars parking in a certain spot, and we were walking back that night, and every car has got a ticket on it. Oh, uh, and it wasn't every cheap. Every single car. It wasn't it cheap. Wasn't. No, no. It is what it is. Anyway, and there, there, was that, there was that TV show they had, though, uh, that was, I can't remember. It was, uh, I you probably never saw it, but it was about the parking authority in Philadelphia. And it was like a like a reality show, and they used to follow them around, like from the office of people having to pay to the people out there giving tickets to the people out there putting boots, oh, putting God. the boots on the cars and the ruckus and stuff. I love that show, man. Mm. I used to watch that anyway. So look, Anyways. in Junior Cup, though, getting back to Moto America and this oh, yeah. this weekend's preview, the motorcycle part of the podcast. Let's yeah, there's o- there's only nine points that separate uh, Scott yeah, from Glady, and that one that is going to be ridiculously good because. We have riders that can definitely get themselves in the mix. And with what you're saying, Correct. Jason, that Jersey's a good track for racing. Yeah. Chances are we're going to have more people, more riders in there, but we're not going to have one who's capable of being in there that I didn't know. I, I didn't know Cody Wyman's. He's, he's, a, he's, he's out. Yeah. He's out. What do you think about Bazooka Joe? Does he do it there in front of his fans? Dude, I, 
I mean, the way he rode the last couple races, yep. Azuka Joe looks like he could be a shining star in all could this be stuff. The guy. Because yeah. the, the biggest point is, is if we look at the top two, you know, you, you if you're Scott and you're Glotty, you want to be first and have that rider be back because first to second is the biggest jump in yeah. terms of points. You're going to yeah. get the most reward out of that if you can get that. But if if you see five or six riders or even more potentially mix it up and you see Bazooka Joe grab the full 25 points and you see Gus Rodeo grabbing 20 points and all of a sudden now you find those two championship guys and they're say say they're fifth and sixth, that's only one point difference between those yeah. two positions. And so yeah. now it's like, ugh. You know, it can get pretty yeah. frustrating for those but guys. It's, it, but this is a race where uh, I think the word frantic will be used a lot. <laughs> I think we're going to see a yeah. lot, especially with three to go, four to go, you know, two to go. It's going to be, you've got to get yourself put in that right spot. And we've seen guys be able to slingshot from third and fourth and win the race coming from that last corner out of that in, in this kind of class. So, um, but Joe LaMandre Jr. is a guy that I'm expecting good things from this weekend. He's been riding amazing, did really well at Pittsburgh, a couple podiums there. And uh, obviously, Jersey's going to be a home race for him. Really, a shame about Cody. I hate the fact that he's that he's out. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he'll regroup, try to get himself ready for next year. Uh, but yeah, Ben Glotti and, and and Tyler Tyler Scott there. I think that's going to be the those two guys have just got to really watch what they do and really plan their races accordingly. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes out. Uh, Twins Cup. I think Caleb DeCrail's got a pretty decent point lead, point lead. Is that correct? Fifty three. 53 yeah. for him. Is that over Maz? Who's he, who's he over? Uh, that is over Jackson Blackman, actually. 53 yeah, over so. Blackman, 58 over Hayden Schultz. I don't know, though. He can win the championship this weekend, then. Caleb can. I, I don't know how many races they have at Barber. That's the one bit that I, I that I haven't done. They the might. Yet. You know, I, we got to look at it. It's, it's, it's a race that Greg and I don't commentate on, so we're not as up on the Twins Cup. Uh, and I think Stock Thousand, they've only got two races left. So Jake Lewis, I what's it? Yeah, he's got he's got a twenty point lead. So yeah. if he's got a twenty point lead, um, I mean he's just got, if he wins the race, he wins the championship. Oh yeah, good point because he would be twenty five points one, up, and he's got more wins. He's got four wins to Corey's. Yeah. Well, hold on a second. All right, if Corey, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Jake wins, he definitely will. Yeah, because I think he's got more wins in the class this year right now than yeah. anybody. And that's our first tiebreaker, I believe, Greg, unless they've changed something. So no, 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 you're a, right. No, no, it's the first tiebreaker. So we'd have yeah. a 25-point lead, and that would be championship done. So how important is it for Corey Alexander, who's second in points right now? He's got to go out and win. Like, he's got to go win this race because at least what he does is he'll cut the deficit to 15 with one to go, and uh, he'll he'll be tied with Jake Lewis on, on <clears throat> the first tiebreaker. It's another racetrack, though, again, where you can get the Stefano Maces and mm-hmm. – Aston Yates, um, God, I'm so proud I didn't call him Aaron. Yeah, um, Andrew Lee could be in the mix Andrew for sure. Andrew Lee is going to be there. Michael Gilbert. There's a lot of guys that can get between those two main title contenders as well. So mm-hmm. when you look at it, I mean, I feel like it's kind of a must win for Michael and Travis Wyman. I think they're third and fourth in the points. I think Travis might be third. Michael might be fourth, but only yeah, just. Right. Yep. And and so for those guys, it's like a must win. They've got to win and hope they get some guys in between them. And it would be fun to go to uh it would be fun to go down to to Barber and see four guys with the with the chance to win that championship. Uh although I'm sure Jake doesn't want that, but it would be fun <laughs> for the rest of us to be able to see a good title uh you know, title race down there. Jake's rode amazing this year, by the way. 
He's done really, really well. I mean, he really has. And if you just look at the start of the season, I think it was more of a surprise that Jake Lewis got the call up and he worked his way into fitness. He's down, what did I say, 20 pounds or something like that. So, and he's riding his way right into this championship. And it's, it's and all great those to guys, see him back. All those guys get along so well. Like if you're just kind of walking around the pits, you'll see Jake hanging out over with Michael and Andrew and, and Corey. I mean, all those guys get on really well to, with each other, which is, which is kind of fun because they're all, they all, kind of carve up each other and have a good laugh about things. And, um, but yeah, it's going to be, that, that'll be a good one to see. Um, kind of, kind of like how Johnny Ray and top rack are so tight. Mm, is that right? Hmm? Huh? They look, they look like they're, they chum it up pretty good. Don't they? They actually, they actually do. I don't know if they're going to from this point forward, but they, they certainly, I mean, like I saw them on a track walk, they were talking, they looked great. You know, they oh, definitely yeah. congratulate. I mean, the racing over there is close. I mean, is there anything you want to talk about more with Moto America? Other no, than- we're good. I want to get into World Superbike because I want to hear this big difference of opinion that you think we have. It's ought to All be right. good. <laughs> All right. So why don't we talk about World Superbike and yeah. the three, three races that they had this weekend in, I say Magni Core. But I guess That's it's Manicore. I don't know. Magnicore, whatever. So We're I'm sorry to everybody it, yeah. who's French. I, I apologize. But yeah. So um, how do you want me to do this? Because in race one, we know that Top Rack won for sure. Johnny Ray, Locatelli in second. In the Super Pole race, on the racetrack, it was Top Rack, Razgatlioglu who won. Johnny yeah. Ray, Alex Lowe's. But then later, much later, that decision got reversed and it's Johnny Ray, Top Rack and Alex Lowe's. And in race two, it was Top Rack, Ray and Redding. And a big deal was made of the fact that um, well, why don't you talk about the weekend first? I mean, like like just like Top Rack was unbelievable to watch. Well, first of all, let me let me go back. And Johnny Ray was unbelievable to watch. I mean 100%. the racing itself, both those guys, it's so fun to watch them. But Jay, did you get to watch Friday afternoon practice? Um I did not, no. All right, so morning practice was a bit of a mixed mixed. It bag. was mixed conditions, wasn't it? Right. So yep. we get to afternoon practice, and Top Rack just went out, dude, and just started pounding out laps. Yeah. On never pulling in, yeah, and on a tire that was you know just I, obviously getting used up, and he kept going faster and faster I did see and that faster actually, yes. and faster. And I'm watching that, and I'm going, "Holy crap! Like this weekend is over. Like this guy's going to do the triple, and he's not even going to be bothered because yeah. the." It wasn't just the speed he had. It was the fact that he's on this long run, that which, which by the way, most people thought, including Steve English, thought that the teams weren't going to do because they missed most of that pull-in, pull-out, setup type First stuff. First session type of thing. And normally they use session two as a longer run stint. They didn't think anybody was really going to go out and do that. And then Top Rack goes out and does it, and he just kept going faster. And the thing I was looking at was, oh, uh-oh, like he's not dropping pace late in the life of this tire. And that's going to be a huge problem for everyone else. Yeah. Yamaha has generally done pretty well at this track too. If you've gone back and you look at some of the things Vandermark did well, Alex did well when he was on the Yamaha there too. So I think that they came into this race, obviously with really good base settings and the Yamaha has improved this year. Um, it definitely seems like it's um, improved in some areas. So, and this is a track that let's not forget, isn't this where top rack won his first superbike race on the Kawasaki as well. Correct. Yep. And he beat Ray heads up. So, you kind of knew coming in that it was going to be, um, you, you knew it wasn't going to be all Johnny's way, even though historically he's done very well at this track as well. Um, the, the, the thing that I know that you want to, that we'll end up talking about with the Super Bowl race, for me, 
You know, Greg, I think as a fan overall, it kind of just ruined the weekend because you had two guys that look like they have all this respect for each other. Um, and the racing itself, Greg, is so good. Like, it's so fun to watch those two guys um, and the stuff that they were doing, top rack on the brakes and how Johnny has to get – Johnny has to kind of get creative with where he wants to make that pass. Because I'll tell you right now, where he made that pass in the Super Bowl race, um, you that and I know I always ask you this every weekend because I know you've been to some tracks, but you've never been to this one. No, um, and this track yeah. confuses me because it looks difficult. Yeah. It to is set a bike up for it. Looks very physical, and turn thirteen looks ridiculous to me. Like there's a lot of crashes in turn thirteen. There's it's a, it's an interesting track. Um, it's it's really strange because I actually sat here and I watched it with my mom, you know, and and I said there, I said it, at the beginning of the shows, you know how they're always showing the little city centers of wherever they're at. Like mm-hmm. I know the town of Nevere very well. Like I, I went, I did like seven Bulldor twenty four hours, so I was over there a lot and. There's so many things that I remember about it. I told my mom, I'm like, you know, this track, you don't really think about it as being one of your favorites, but, but it actually is a pretty fun place to ride when you get into a rhythm. And when I watched these guys over the weekend, it was so much fun to just kind of go through the motions of where they're at on the track and what they're doing. I think that when you look at the other guys in the class, I was really bummed for Alex Lowe's this weekend because he's been struggling this year with a couple of, a couple of injuries and he really did have three podiums sitting right in front of him. This he weekend. was fast. He was really fast. And he was Especially really fast. Race, he started off race two. I was like, oh, he actually took yeah. the lead over for about 150 yards. He did. Yeah, he got that little draft off the two bikes in front of him, didn't he? And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, it's it's got to be a difficult situation for him to be in because he doesn't really want to probably get in Johnny's way. He doesn't want to be disrupt <laughs> that championship, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I thought he was doing a really nice job. There's some things inherently right now with the Kawasaki that both riders are struggling with and that is getting the bike stopped. And you saw that a number of times with Johnny over the course of the weekend. I mean, he almost got into the back of top rack a couple times. Um, and, but the control, the bike control that both those, those guys have, um, it just makes the racing really good. But Locatelli is just that model of consistency. Redding is the big head scratcher. Race number one on the weekend, he's back there in that battle for 8th, ninth, 10th, talking about how, again, the heat and him, um, and especially when he gets around or behind other bikes, he talks a lot about that. And like he's like, we know what the problem is. We can't fix it. It just is what it is. And then in the race two, he's there in the Super Bowl race. Um, I mean, he's there for race two uh, after the Super Bowl race. So it's just kind of like a, a weird weekend. I thought, I thought, to be honest with you, I thought Leon Haslam was super impressive this weekend. Um, on the Honda and it showed some promise. Um, but, but yeah, when you look at the the title and the championship and how everything's coming down to two guys, it, it is with all the controversy that we haven't talked about yet. It just is kind of a bummer that we have to talk about it. You know what I mean? It's true. Racing was really, really good really until like those last five to three laps. You know, yeah. I say, I say, I think it was maybe, you know, it was, it was definitely better in race two in terms of the distance. But to your but, point, to your point that you made in Friday afternoon practice session, it, it was weird because the last five or six laps at top rank just puts his head down and just keeps pounding out those laps. And it's just, and it's just, uh, I don't even know what the word is. It's, it's, it's almost like you're just pushing your, your, the guy you're racing into that next level of zone and then that next level. And he just kept getting faster and faster. And there was just. It was, it was incredible. It really was. Yeah. So, you know, I know some people are already bringing up the the fact that, you know, I, ha- I hate to break this, you know, bring this up, but some other people have, have been murmuring about it from the conversations I've had is 
you know, Kawasaki comes out with a brand new bike for 2021, the RR model, and the FIM or whoever it is says you're going to get the same RPM limit that you had on the 2019 bike, which is 14,600. The Yamaha is at 14,950 and 350 RPM is 350 RPM. I agree. So the question becomes, do you just leave this championship alone or at what point, you know, do you look at that stuff? But putting all that aside, it's just an offhanded mention. Let's talk about what happened in Super Pole race. So coming across the line, uh, sorry, last lap, couple corners to go. Razgat Liaglu is leading. They come out of this right-hand corner. You'd know the track better than I do, oh, Jay, yeah. but they come out yep. of the right, whatever that right-hand corner is, uh, heading towards the chicane. You, you come out of the right, and then there's a straightaway with a kink left. The fast kink that you go, you short shift to fourth, right, as you're like clicking it over to the left. You go out, out of turn eight and second, then you go nine, ten, which is like you just kind of short shift to third, and you short shift to fourth, and it's wide open through there, and going, and it kind of starts to head back uphill a little bit, Greg. Oh, it does. That is uphill. Okay. Just a then little bit uphill. To, yeah. You go yeah. to a bus stop, basically looks like a 90 or maybe a hundred degree right-hand turn to the final chicane onto a, a, a start finish line, which I love. I love the fact that it's right there as as at the done, chicane. Yeah. There's no yeah. drag race to the finish line. I really like that. Anyway. So what happens is Ray's behind Rascot Lioglu. They come through that, that right-hand corner, uh, heading towards the sweeper and, we see it. I see it clear as day. It looked like Razgat Lioglu was over the green paint, but I don't really pay any attention to it. Kudos to the commentators for not. They just called I the race. Even, hey, I didn't notice it. Like when oh. it happened, I, I didn't even like, even in I, slow, even in slow motion, I look at it and I go, eh, you know, but I mean, but go on. Yep. Yep. I, I did only because of how much his body kind of covered the green. I can't see the wheels from, cause it was kind of, you know, it's an up high shot. No, and it's fast. It's a quick shot it, it's, too. It's you, fast. There's it's no way shot. that anybody, but There's it caught really, my eye. It caught yeah, my eye. I yeah. was like, oh, sheesh, that, that's pretty close. So anyway, he goes in. Uh, Johnny passes him, actually, in that 90 or 100, 100 degree right-hand no, corner. No, it's, it's it, Greg, that, the... Oh, he passed they call it. they call it the Emily chicane, I think. I believe. I, I don't know. I know it. I know it uh, by looking at track maps in the past. It's like turn 11, 12, okay? So mm-hmm. when you go in there, it's uphill. So, so Greg, it kind of goes up and... When you you have to start turning in before you see the corner, it's like before you see the apex. Ooh, it's really really nice. gnarly place. Like where Johnny did that pass is is so incredibly gnarly that that it was like like wow, like it caught me. I knew he was going to do it, and the fact that Top Rack stayed on the track even after Johnny made that pass was incredible. Also, so that was an incredible move and mm. like big copper ones, if you know what I mean. To, to yeah, be able to, yeah, to do it there, yeah, yeah. And I thought. And so then Top Rack ends up getting him back on the brakes. And you thought for a second that Ray was going to try to get him one more time, but there was no, there was nothing left there. That final chicane. So Top Rack wins the race. Really good race. I mean, it's only yeah. a 10 lapper. And so that was within the Cowie's operating window. It was good. What we find out after race two, after Razgat Lioglu and Ray had an absolutely phenomenal battle, dude. I yeah. mean, really good until a moment where. Ray's foot came off the peg again. By the way, just like it didn't race one, our guys, our commentator friends, didn't catch it initially, but I saw his yeah. foot come off the peg, and I said, ah, crap, race is over for him. But this happened much later in, in race number two, and then Johnny had to take those 20 points and back her off. And so the margin of victory was 2.9 in race two, Jay, but for sure it it, it was a much better race than, than yes, that result than shows. That shows. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, race is done. Everybody's podiums are done. Everything's mm-hmm. done. And then I don't even know. I mean, I, I check my social media you know, probably a couple hours after that. I was, you and I are in the same boat. Yeah. I'd really? Say, and next thing yeah. you know, it's like Johnny Ray wins 
blah, blah, blah. Paul Denning comes out there, who's the team principal for the Patty Yamaha team. Who I love. I love him too. He's a great dude. Known him for great years. Guy. They were used to run the GP program and all that stuff. And he comes out and just says, hey, look, that was under Kawasaki protest. We wouldn't have done that. Top Rack wouldn't have done it. I'm like, okay. And then you see the video come out of Johnny Ray whispering to his crew chief, Perry Reba. And then you hear him say, check with Guillaume, who I believe is what, the team principal or mm-hmm. yep. the, t- the team manager. Yep. And then that gets reversed. So the question is, and the controversy we're talking about is, if is it, I mean, like, I don't want to taint it with my point of view, Jay. So yeah. just go ahead, go ahead and give it to me. Do you agree with Kawasaki's decision to bring it up to the stewards to say, top rack, touch the green paint or not? See, you're going to laugh because I think that you know what I'm going to say. But you don't really, because you're going to be surprised who I blame in all this. Okay. I blame Dorna. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, ultimately, They have set the precedent to continue to make rules where rules were never actually needed. Okay? We're we're making it now where if a guy is going to get penalized at one race, you have got to penalize a guy at the next. And in this particular case... There is nobody in that paddock. There's nobody around the world, me included. I would dare to say you as well, that felt like there was a distinct advantage there. And we have seen tires, Greg, you've mentioned it on the podcast, where you have seen tires over the green, but the majority of the tire is still on the red and white paint itself. So they're not actually in the, quote, grass, as you would say it, okay? The margin of which this happens is 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 so, so small and you've got some guy sitting there looking at his TV screen in race direction going, oh, he's over the green. Yeah, but the majority of the tire is still on the red and the white. Okay, So when you start to look at this, if people want to bitch about it, which they should, um, Dorna is to blame. And this is what I fear is coming for all of our series and here in Moto America to BSB to anywhere in the world. There is a legitimate lack of common sense that when you look at something like that, you can go, I, I mean, Greg, we, we're, I, I mentioned earlier, we are on show 141, correct? Yes, sir. Out of those 141, has there, and, and I'm asking you this to, to keep me in check. Have we ever sat and had a discussion about, well, that guy got such a huge advantage of this. They've got to make a rule to, to fix that. Never. Have we ever done that? Never. Never. So what's happening is these rules are, are starting to taint the sport. F1 went through all this, still does. I, I, Greg, I don't know anybody that talks great about F1. You know what I hear about F1 all the time? Is that documentary series they did where they let all the, like, the cameras in. and People thought that the, that was such a cool show. Mm-hmm. But the racing sucks. I don't care who drives for who. It just it, It's no fun to watch. So now we're, we're, we're making rules that common sense wise just don't make any sense. You've taken a tremendous weekend here and kind of ruined it. Now, the problem I have, here's the problem I have is my feeling for Johnny Ray. You know what I think of him? I think he is just, I think Johnny's unreal. Like first off, he's a great human being. He's a good guy. Seems respectful. I see all these people hating on him. I'm like, what can you hate about the guy? Everybody wants to hate a winner. Okay. True. Yeah. Right. Everybody wants to hate a winner. When, Mm -hmm. When you dominate something, it goes from like, this guy's the greatest. Like, okay, we've seen enough of it now. Like, this sucks. Okay. Yeah. Marquez um, gets the same hate. Which is just bizarre Rossi to me. Rossi used to get the same hate. 100%. Yeah. Which is bizarre. People are so weird when it comes to that rather than just understanding it. Um, top rack, huge level of respect. The problem I have is, 
and this is it. And, and, and I have not heard where Johnny has come out and said, even to Pire there, that, that hey, got to go check this or check that or what. I, I haven't heard that. My problem is if you're going to like be congratulatory to a guy and you're going to slap him on the back and you're going to tell him how great he is and you're going to do this and that, and then you're going to go 10 seconds later and sneak off into a corner and go, hey, he cut the pay. That's that. And, and I'm not saying that Johnny did. So I, I did not hear that. Um, and I also truly feel this, that had the shoe been on the other foot, I, I, I know Paul Denning well enough to where unless it came well above him, uh, Paul Denning would not have done a thing in this case. He would have been the first guy to put his hand out to Johnny Ray, say what a hell of a race he did. And I think that that would have been the end of it. But what has been created here is the fact that Dorna or whoever is making these, these, these rules and and they're just they're literally ruining the sport. Okay. So here's my take. Yep. I agree with you 100%. Dorna's rules have ruined the race. Yeah. There's there's no doubt. Yeah. It looked like it was in the middle of the, you know the the contact patch of the tire, like the line was in the middle. Yeah. There was no. Had, had that been grass, it would have made and, zero point zero. Well, let's just put it to this way, okay, Greg? Real quick before you go further, mm-hmm. Johnny passed him on that straightaway. No, so I, yeah, if I understand. If I could run into the grass, yeah, it, 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 he would have had just a, it, it might have slowed him down two mile an hour. He wouldn't have crashed. He would have kept it upright. The race would have finished the exact same way. Johnny wouldn't have pulled yep. that big of a gap on him going through those yep. next four corners. And Toprak passed him with two corners to go. Like, but, it wasn't but, like but he the, led. The other thing there is there's so much unknown because if there's actual grass out there, does top rack take the, the speed he was going to? Okay, there, there, there's a lot of stuff, but yeah, here's yeah. the thing. I agree with you 100%. Dorna has created this monster. Okay. Yep. H- however, with that said, I also think that the psychological effect of it, meaning if you're Johnny, and I'm, I haven't talked to Johnny Ray, so I have no idea. Yeah. But this is the thing that I've, trying to been, I've, tr- I've been trying to communicate to people for, for months now. If Johnny's behind and he sees him go to the green paint and he knows that Dorn has been making these calls, there has to be something in his brain that says, oh, awesome. I have the race one. But if you look at the momentum, Johnny's already on the he's already making Passing. the move. 100%. Right? So, yep. so that is that to me, that pass is irrelevant in a way. But if he's thinking to himself, OK, I'm getting down to this last corner where top rack where stop rack is unbelievable. How much risk do I take? I have this one anyway. Again, Johnny hasn't come out and said anything about it. And I know that he knows. I That's know why I want to give him fact, the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Right. I know for a fact that he knows that people are hating on him. Okay. Because I talked to someone in his camp that told me Johnny knows that he that he's getting the hate. And but also he also knows that in the end, no matter what happens in this championship, not many people are going to be pointing the finger at that event, you know, years down the road, right? It's it's really about this entire championship. Now, with that said, I think. That is within his rights because of what Dorna has done, even, no matter what Johnny did, but it's within the team rights to at least point it out. They didn't make the decision, but to point it out, if that happened reverse, you don't think Top Rack is going to at least mention it to his crew like, hey, man, I saw Johnny get on the green paint. Of course, everybody's going to say that. It's not like he's going to keep that secret to himself immediately in victory lane. You know, it's not like Johnny's dancing around saying somebody like has got to make this different, like, you know, got to do something. And listen. We live in a world now 
where every rider knows they're under scrutiny. You can't get away with anything. And I think right. that on, on one side of things, that's a great thing. Okay. Every rider, no rider is trying to cross over green paint. No, I mean, we have seen it with Jorge Martin riding Moto2. We've seen it uh, over and over where, where um, Joe Roberts this year, Joe Roberts, what Joe Roberts had happened to him at Mazzano. Ridiculous. Was like literally no different than this. And Bezecchi's behind him going, this is ridiculous. This is stupid. This isn't mm-hmm. normal. Now, that said, I would agree with you on everything. Now, had Johnny come out and said, to talk, even what if even if there would have been a conversation there in in pit lane or or on the war, cool off lap, Johnny, you know that you see them talking to each other, mm-hmm. riding along. Had Johnny said something about, hey, did you cross the green paint? Did you do something where there might come back after you? Right? You know, Greg, I listened to a couple other podcasts. Do you know when this announcement was made? It was made during the middle of the 300 race or the, the junior, well, the, yeah, the world, yeah, uh, the super, world super sport junior, 300 oh. world super sport. It was made during that, the middle of that race. There was a thing that came across the bottom that said that the results in super pole race had been changed during the middle of that race. So it was after race two and, and people are like, so what it did is it, 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 it you got 30 minutes, you have 30 minutes, right? A 30-minute yeah. window to put your protest in. Yep. So you got to think about in that 30 minutes, Johnny's up on the podium. He's doing his press conferences, having a shower, whatever that might be that they're doing, okay? So something has been brought up within that time where where it's been under protest. But what you got to remember, too, is it affects the grid for the next race as well, for race two. Like, ultimately, Johnny should have been on pole for, for that next race as well because of how they do their – remember the top oh, nine yeah. guys? Yep. So it's it there's a there's a continuous thing here where had somebody had any if I'd have said Greg to top rack gain an advantage there I already know what you're going to say like take all the rules and stuff out of play you're going to go no he didn't gain an advantage no, Johnny no passed chance. him anyways yep so the problem I have here I think this is the biggest problem that everybody has everybody hates a winner now everybody's going to hate a winner that they feel is whinging because he's not winning which which. You know, and where I thought you were going to go with this is when you look at the RPM advantages that these teams, that some teams have, some teams don't. I think that when you look at that, uh, Kawasaki probably feels a bit slighted. Um, and, and I've always been on that side of things with Kawi where I've gone like, in 2019, there was a distinct, distinct speed advantage between that Ducati and everything else. And that Ducati was getting way too many uh, contingencies, way too many. The bike was too good. Now that bike is the same. Uh, everybody's caught up to it. And uh, the guy that was riding that bike that year choked that championship away. And I don't think there's anybody in, the, in around that would think any different. But now I think that guys like Kawasaki probably feel a bit slighted. And they're going to make sure that the rules are staying within what they need to be. But I think it's just a bad look on the fact that you've won six world championships, meaning Kawasaki, not Johnny so much. Yeah, yeah. And now you've got a young guy in top rack that's riding absolutely amazing that just proved that he was class on the racetrack for three races, gets his first triple, and then it comes scrolling across your screen that there was a protest made and upheld by Kawasaki to give them the victory in race two. And I think it's just, it makes them look bad. That's all. I agree. It, I agree. Yeah. It makes them look bad in some people's yeah. eyes, yeah. but on the other hand, you've got to you've got to keep in mind that Kawasaki's been Kawasaki as long as Kawasaki's Kawasaki, and they literally lost a the championship by half of a point. Mm-hmm. And so they understand that 
that points make a difference. And, you know, this goes, this would have gone from, oh, I can't remember, 13 to nine? No. It's, the, it's 10 well, points. It now. would have been, it's 10. Yeah. So it would have been 13. It's a good thing it was only a Super Bowl race. Thank that, goodness. That, I mean, yeah. Thank goodness yeah. it was only Super Bowl. Now, but my, my point and, is, and you got all these. In the context of it all, that these points, hopefully whoever wins the championship, it's by more than what these points are. Yeah, by more than three to. points. Exactly. Correct. So the, the thing that the point that I want to make is, is watching people hate on Kawasaki or Johnny Ray or whatever. And I just think that it's just people spouting off their anger because they don't like him. Kind of what you're saying, just because he's a winner or whatever. My point is, is that I think that he had the team has every right. If it's within the rules and you see a rules violation, just as much as if a mechanic looks at another bike and sees a piece of equipment that's illegal on the bike, that you have the right to go to the to tech and you know the tech people and say whatever. So that's all I'm saying. Let me ask you one question. Let yeah. me ask you a question. Because hold on, because ultimately that's all they did was just make a request. All no, they no, just no. said on. was just hold on a second. It? Hold on yeah. one second. Yeah. Had Johnny followed him and not passed him and come in, let's just say that Johnny saw him go over that green paint. He knows. Everybody knows. There's not a single person that doesn't know in the world that if you go over the green paint on the last lap of any race now, you're going to get penalized. Now, had Johnny followed him through that next corner all the way to the finish line, had he followed him, then he comes in and goes, he ran over the green paint. I don't think that there's anybody that would go, especially if it was obvious. I don't think there's anybody that would go, well, Johnny, you're you're 100% right. But again, he took the risk still of trying to go past Top Rack to win the race. Okay, still took that risk. Had probably planned his move, stuck to his guns. That's what I'm saying. It looked okay. like. It, but but yeah. I'm saying you see a guy, you see a guy go on the green paint on the last lap. Greg, if I'm following you, and I legitimately see you go on the green paint on the last lap, first off, that's a funny analogy to start with me following you. But that let's just say for argument's sake, I see you go across the green paint. Okay, like a dick, Junior. Okay, so I see. I'm going to know right away. I don't even need to pass you. And I don't think that, that there's, but I don't but think, and, yeah, and I don't think there's, that the, the thing that's funny to me is that he made the pass and then four turns later, he got passed back. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying because he didn't need to defend. Yeah. There's a pot, there's a possibility he didn't need to defend because in his mind, he's going, well, he touched the green paint. I won this race. So it kind of doesn't matter. Like I'd rather. Yeah, but the risk know, he took to go past and that. Yeah, but that's spot. what I'm saying. That look, if you go so back gnarly. and look at it, if you go back and look at it, I just think that that the momentum that he was carrying right there was was the move anyway. And you're in the middle of executing a plan, and then you see green paint. It's not like you're going to just chop the throttle. Because no. I think you still have to go for it from the perspective of, and this is, the, this is the whole point of the green paint, and this is the problem that commentators have. It's the problem that racers have. Do you just continue on racing and hope that the right thing is done? Or do you, after the fact, mention it? You know what I mean? If if well, the right thing isn't done, well, because yeah, but, the but, stuff has happened so fast, right? Like meaning like three, four minutes after the race is over. Hold on, we got to move one to two. Wait, two has got to go back to joke. one again. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. And I'm not. We're, that's not the conversation. My whole point is is that I feel that Kawasaki has the right if they see a rules infraction to bring it up to race control, but it ultimately is on race control. There's a number of heavy hitters in the industry from past writers and people and things. And I don't think that there's anybody out there that doesn't, doesn't agree with what you're saying from a perspective of Kawasaki's perspective. But I think that when you look at the actual reality of what people actually see on TV and realize that there was no advantage and that Johnny got passed and then Johnny right, got the- repassed Right. I think there's, that's the thing. Had Johnny gone on and won the race, 
um, and won it overall. I think that everybody would be like, oh my God, what a last lap. Johnny won the race. Okay. And I, and I think that it probably would have never been brought up. What would they have done to penalize top rack had Johnny won? You know what I mean? Are they going to, are they going to dock him four seconds, five seconds? Who, who knows what the penalty would have been? I think that what people are looking at is the fact that what Yamaha did this weekend, what Top Rec did this weekend, he was the class of the field. And it looks as if, Greg, it'd be really, really hard for me, really, really hard for me to have you sitting there and congratulating me and telling me what a great job I've done. And then find out later that, that whether Johnny did this or not, but he went over to the side and said, hey, you got to go check this because of whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. You got to remember this race has been done for maybe four and a half minutes by the time they get back to Park Fermi. And I don't know how anybody could have seen a replay. I'm not there. That would have been that definitive. Because to me personally, I know that part of the track. And there was nothing that I would have been able to catch with my visible eye on that last lap where I could have gone, oh, yeah, that's that he did go over that. I, I wouldn't have been able to catch it. I mean, one of, one of my problems is, is honestly, what the hell is green paint doing in that section of the racetrack uh, anyway? I, it's Greg, barely I any paint. It's barely any paint. You don't even need it. You don't even need it. It's dumb. It's like a straightaway almost. It's like, it it makes no sense to me. I was like, what the, why is there green paint on the exit? It should just be white line with a little bit of asphalt and then dirt. Thank you, Greg. I could not agree with you more. And I, I listened to other podcasts and I heard Jamie Whittem. He, he went on, he, and he basically said the same thing. All of us have been saying it's, it's just bring back the grass. Like I can't recall a time where I sat there again in 141 episodes of this where i've gone oh that guy ran off in the grass and it made him crash i could think of one guy maxwell toth at the ridge this year he fell but you know what we didn't have to worry about oh did he touch the green paint did he? and everybody's gonna go well it's for rider safety as a rider the the thing that we're trying to do in this sport this sport is dangerous there's nobody that lines up on a grid anywhere in the world that cannot say that motorsport is inherently dangerous it was like this 50 years ago 80 years ago it was like this the first two time two guys ran a race together there are inherent dangers in everything. There's some of it that you can't take out of it. And right then and there, had Top Rack ran off into the grass and had to stand the bike upright and Johnny gained two seconds on him, there's only one guy you can blame, mm-hmm. Top Rack. That is it. That wasn't the case. And we are over-governing these series. And my biggest fear, my biggest fear, is that is that that we have this in our series too. Like, I do not like the fact that we that, – that, not we right now, but as a whole, our sport is getting overgoverned and making rules that just don't make any sense to me. You know, and we can go on about this forever. But well, I mean, the good news for us is is that the majority of the racetracks we go to, we don't have as Moto America, we don't have the uh, horsepower, if you will, to go to a track and say we need you guys to add asphalt here and add green paint here. Correct. So I don't, I don't think it's going to creep in because it's really difficult. You know, in talking with Moto America over the last couple of years, the idea of adding a long lap penalty is something that's being floated around, which which can make a lot of sense. But the question is execution, right? Like, you know, what are you going to do? You're literally you can't ask somebody who owns a private racetrack and say, can you pave this extra bit right here? We need this as a long lap penalty for one, you know, for two days out of the entire year. Or are you going to cut away some of the racetrack that then inherently makes it even more dangerous? So it's. You know, by adding a white line right in the middle of the racetrack and saying, okay, it's just stuff that you should be able to. I feel like I could sit there 
and pretty diplomatically go, was there a clear advantage gained? Well, that, and that's really ultimately that, that is like, it. And I let's understand be smart about this. Yeah. Like, let's just use our brains for a but second. Again, Jason, it goes sense. back, it goes back to that, that, you know, when I raced in spa in whatever year that was 2004, and you're coming into that stadium section and you have that 110 degree right-hand corner yep. and we're in the riders meeting and they say, if you cross that white line, you're you're going to get a penalty. If you cross it second time, you're going to get more of a penalty. If you cross it a third yeah. time, you're disqualified from the race. Yeah. It's like, and I'm sitting there going, how the heck is that a way to like do, how's that a way to govern people? What and was the reason what, behind that? Because I know the corner you, that you're talking about it. So spot. you come into the initial stadium section. Yeah, then you, you take past the right the pits hander. on the right, correct? And then it's that the super pits tight on the right, right exactly. before you run down the hill to El right. Ro- So, El Ro- So the reason was there's no runoff. So Got if you it. run straight, you're going right into the side of a mountain. So they're trying to get you to slow down. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and it's so so it's a makeshift way to do something. And that's where I think we've gotten to with this whole green paint situation. It's I agree with you. Just well, bring back the grass and see what happens. Like it's the same thing with our ruling this year in Jersey with that chicane. That chicane sucks. Mm, at uh, mm-hmm. not Jersey, I'm not sorry. Jersey Pittsburgh. at Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. And if somebody gets up underneath you there and you can't turn the bike in and you have to stand it upright, you automatically get docked five seconds. That makes no sense. That is not common sense. That you might as well build a wall there because at that stage, you're taking the advantage of actually having runoff and having a place to where if a mistake gets made, because we've had to build this chicane to, to go race there. Well, and you're the point, automatically the, the, knocking the point five is, seconds on the somebody. chicane is built for safety. To Correct. make it safer, heading Correct. into that final right-hand corner Correct. down there at the end, and you're literally are saying, "All right, we're going to slow you guys down, but if you make a mistake, you're going to get a five-second penalty." It makes no sense. Yeah, it, and it, that's, that's what the green—that's that's what the green paint is for, because yeah, people have added no extra asphalt to make it safer, and but they're like, "But we don't want you using it." And again, it goes back to my whole argument of when the hell did curbs? When, when were curbs started to become legal that they could ride on yeah. curbs? And now it's like, how far are you going to push this asphalt? Eventually, what they're going to do is just have one big slab of pavement, right? Yeah. That's like a parking lot, and just go ahead and draw a track, and they'll just say, cross this line, your yeah, tire goes right. flat. Like, what? no, but that's but that's the point is we're we're reaching a point now where common sense is not a <clears throat> is not a factor. No, and, and, somebody, and really, yeah, and you need somebody hard in race control whoever it is to go, Hey, that's hey. if Greg, if, if I go through that chicane at Jersey and I'm wide open and I don't ever slow down, that's gaining an advantage. That's five seconds. If I the only, the only thing I can that, see, you know? uh, uh, yeah. the only devil's devil's advocate I can see in that argument. Okay. Is, you know, as well as I, as you know, me enough to know, I'm not a fan of subjective sports. I can't stand watching <laughs> ice skating. I can't stand watching gymnastics. Really? I thought you, you kind of look like a gymnastic ice skating guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I bet yeah. you're smooth on the ice. G-Dow. Oh, unbelievable, dude. Yeah, and yeah. On the balance I, bars. I yeah. Ooh, I bet you're good there too. Balance beam, rather. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, balance beam. That's my. That's my. How do you, that's my you jam. But I just now. do it for fitness, Anyways. and I do it for fun. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. you know. Yeah. But what sure. you know? So like one of the things that I've always loved about racing, about archery, and you know about golf. Like, there's just no question. You whack the thing, it gets in the cup, it gets in the cup. How many whacks did it take you to get it into the cup? Yeah, yeah, Seven, yeah. eight whacks. You have things to cup. be definitive. You don't want to see things rolled around on the street right. three hours later. So I think that the the definitive rule to say, if you touch the green paint, it's going to be a penalty, is an attempt to hold on to that and not make it a subjective sport. And I think that that's the devil's advocate argument about the common sense argument is that now all of a sudden you're putting common sense into the hands of someone who, you know, they're going to get 
they're going to get knocked around at some point by another team saying, well, of course that's an advantage because if it was grass, you couldn't carry that lean angle. But on the other hand, I agree with you. Like top rack went over that paint straight up and down. Yes. I, it yeah. made great. What no you said difference. earlier is the best thing in the world. Have a curving white paint. That's it. Be done with it. it. Be done with it. You know, because you can look at that game where Tom Brady fumbled it in the snow and they called it an incomplete Hello? pass. That Hello? was crap. Wasn't crap. It? all right. Crap. Well, that's kind of a, you know, I think that what it did, I, what, what it did though, Greg, ultimately again, again, on a race weekend that we all look forward to, it tainted the race weekend. It did. And it tainted the race weekend because race control is involved again in something that just legitimately, I think the rest of us can look at and go, yeah, there was no, there was nothing gained there. And, and a guy who rode amazing that deserves three wins on the weekend didn't get that. So yeah, well, um, I, I think that it's just kind of a bummer anyways. Um, but by the way, the points difference uh, is... Yeah, what is the points difference? It's only seven points? Why the hell is it seven? I thought it would be 10, but maybe we got it wrong. Oh, you know what? What was it going? Wait, what's the difference between in the points? They were tied. They were, they, they, were, they were tied at 3.11 last no, week. To, no, yeah, and then Toprak wins the first race. That's five. So he, so he ends up having a five-point lead, and then... It was oh, second right. no, that's so that's right. ten point lead, and yep. then there's only a minus, three point difference minus, between first and second. There you go, minus so three. That, so yep. yeah, that's gonna Seven. And, and and let's hope the championship goes well. It's gonna be. I definitely think that there's gonna be some hostilities. I definitely think that it'll be interesting to see if Toprak and Johnny are the same. I mean, Toprak seems like he's taking the high road on this. I saw one of his tweets that said we won on the racetrack, and that and you know, we had it taken away from us. I mean, I don't know what else he can say. I haven't seen Johnny say anything about it either though. Well, Johnny's yeah. Johnny's probably staying a little, and I, and I hate it because again, <laughs> Johnny raced the best superbike rider we've ever seen Yep, by far. That is not even close. Nope. And, and I think that the next rounds are going to be really, really fun to watch. And, um, but what's know, happening right now, world superbike, Jason is inevitable. It is inevitable. There is going to be someone that ends up catching the guy who's the champ. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And, it then, happens and top in rack sport, has done it. it. Yeah, it does. I mean, what, what, I'm, what was your take on some of the other guys on the weekend? Well, was anybody thought, else that impressed you on the weekend? Yeah, I thought Alex Lowe's did a great job. I really do. I, you could tell he's getting some of his speed back. I think Locatelli in the first race was good. He was he's he was good, icing he, it up kid. with. Yeah, he really is. You know, and, and he's starting to come into form. And uh, Michael Ruben Rinaldi. You know what was uh, what was disappointing? Obviously, was Scott Redding's pace in the first race. The inconsistency he was, of the Ducatis is shocking, though, isn't it? It is, and you know. One of those guys in the commentators brought up something. They're just like, it seems like if Redding has problems, Ruben Rinaldi's up in the mix, and it just seems like they just keep switching back and <laughs> yes. forth. It's it's really difficult to get both of those guys to have good weekends. But but with all that said, race two, Scott Redding really impressed me because you knew he didn't have the pace, and he pushed so hard at the beginning of the race to get a gap back to you know back to third, fourth, and all that. Yeah, yeah, to fourth. Sorry, he was right there, and so. Well, where that really started for him was that Super Bowl race and getting himself up on that mm-hmm. second row because he qualified eighth. I mean, and that's the inconsistencies that you talk about. And I don't know how much of it I can really build into the fact that a smaller rider to a bigger rider. I mean, is that what you got to be? You got to be a smaller rider to make the Ducati work. I mean, I, I, I but I, I mean, we don't... know, but but we know the guy who developed it. The guy who developed that Ducati came and raced our series. He's not yeah, a small Zanetti. dude. Yeah, yeah, you know he's he's not. Piro, yeah. how big's Piro though? Piro's he does both, right? He does world, he yeah. does superbikes, and I don't I, know how big Piro is. Is he big? I, is he tall? That, is he, he's he? not. No, I think he's probably Zanetti like size. Maybe. But I just I fail to I I just, I 
I don't know. It just seems weird to me that they're sitting there saying no. But but that is, I I think that's more of a the bigger riders making the softer the X tire work on a Pirelli. I agree. I, you know, I, that, I, that. I think it really, and this is the one thing that people who don't know our sport don't understand that bikes are literally developed from tires up. And so when a tire does change, it can throw, you know, a wrench in a lot of people's business. We've seen it in our series. We've seen it in world Superbike and MotoGP, of course. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, you know, I mean, that's what Honda's kind of pointing the finger over there in MotoGP at Mark Marquez and the fact that, you know, he got injured and then they introduced a new tire and he's still trying to learn it where everybody had like a full season on a the new year on it, huh? rear Michelin and all that kind of stuff. And you can't poo-poo that away. You can't say, oh, that's just make, them making excuses. It's like, well, yeah, well, I mean, that's how important a it, tire it, is. It's it's just such a fine line there of of technology that you have to get used to. If you've been out for a year, for sure. It just seems so odd that it's like, and I did hear English say that, Steve say that about like when Rinaldi's up front, you kind of hear Redding complaining a little bit more as opposed to when when he's up when he's up in front himself. And yeah, it's a weird deal. Yeah, but Rinaldi's excited about his teammate for next year because he's right. He rides a little bit more like him and he's yeah. smaller and I and, 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 and I think moving forward again, I thought I really did think that Vandemark looked pretty good on the BMW. Don't forget, he missed all of free practice three, Greg. I think with motor, they had to swap the motor out. Um, he's been yeah, on the he podium. Missed, he sat out most of free practice one and then had a mechanical in two. He almost didn't even do any laps yeah, really until yeah. the race. I, I turned I it on for FP3 on Saturday morning. I was going to bed late and I, and I got to catch it. And he sat in the garage the whole time. Garage door sl- shut down and everything. So... Uh, it'll be interesting to see how Redding goes on that bike next wait, wait, year wait, wait, as well. Wait, 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 wait. You hadn't even gone to bed and you saw FP3? I did. You, it was like what midnight. 24? Were you out at the club? No. Was there a disco ball and some No, lights? you know what? I just come home from that. Uh, no, no, no. That was Friday night. I don't know what I was up for. Wow. I was, wow. I was up watching something. And Holy good time, Jason Pridmore, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I sat up all... I mean, I sat there and I watched morning warm-up on Sunday morning, too. I just got back from the CVMA Awards banquet. So it's nine hours, the difference between hours, France yeah. and yours. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like 12, 1230. And I, I saw that it was coming on. So then I just stayed awake so I could watch it. And Trust me, everybody. It was, they had one eye open and his mouth was open and he was just drooling out the side of his mouth. I've seen him at 1230 at night before trying to stay awake. It's sure. not pretty. Hey, it's how about, pretty. how about, do you watch world super sport? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you right now, if there's a guy I want to go give a hug to, it's Jules Cazelle. Dude, what? When, when if you guys just time. go back, anybody on our podcast, if you go and look up Jules, Jules Cozell and look at his history of being cleaned out, I mean cleaned out, Greg. This guy, I can think of four times just right now, he got cleaned out twice at Aragon. One by DeRosa last year, breaks his leg. Got cleaned out this year by Thule. Thule at, uh got absolutely just demolished. He got cleaned out in turn one at most this year. And then he's in the wrong place at the wrong time again for this one where Bernardi yeah. loses the front and the chicane that you were talking about coming to the finish line there on the first lap. Agurta runs into the back of Bernardi, like the back back, not the bike. His actual back runs over his back. And Cluzel sometime, somehow gets involved in that. Now, they didn't show it twice, so I just saw the, the, the live version of it first. I didn't go back and watch it. But Bernardi and Cluzel, I guess, are both in hospital still. Um, I don't know the full... I, I got I should have looked it up before the podcast. Maybe while we're talking, I'll look it up. Well, I know but that they were conscious and stuff like that. They're so that conscious. Yeah. Bernardi has a back injury, but it's not. All of his mm-hmm. limbs are moving, which is good. And yeah, I mean, just 
dude, Jules Cozell has the worst luck. This is a really bad sport to have bad luck in, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. He's yeah. got horrendous luck. I yeah, feel awful for that guy. His body is is thrashed. Um, and he Dominic still loves Gerta. it. He still goes out there and loves it. I mean, I, I was thinking it's to amazing. myself, can you imagine how long the, the compilation video would be that World Superbike could post? I mean, of, you know, of him it would have to go out. to, yeah, it'd have to go to IHG or IGH or whatever <sighs> that thing is because it's going to be, I feel bad for that so guy. Many, I know. I don't, and the guy wait, races so think, hard can, though. Can you think of anybody else that's gotten cleaned out? I mean, I can't think no. of one rider that's ever been cleaned out the way he has been cleaned nope. out in his career. Like no. it's almost to the point where it's like, if you're catching Jules Cazal, like you just be respectful. Like, mm. like literally just go, okay, I want to race the guy hard, but I ain't taking him out. Poor bastard. Um, <laughs> just, but Agurta's leading, so Agurta's leading the championship and skipping Catalonia because he's got to be racing Moto E that oh. same weekend. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. So he's like, so I didn't what, hear that part. MotoGP goes to Aragon this weekend. Mm-hmm. And do they go to Mazzano the weekend after that? I believe they do. Could it's be. Mazzano because we're getting ready to talk about MotoGP now. Yeah. But he is fully skipping World Supersport. Uh, I think Odendahl is second in points. Couldn't be, don't know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Odendahl should be second. Hold on. I know. I just pulled it up right here. So, yeah. So, Odendahl is 58 points adrift. So, that's two races plus that Dominic Agurter has in the bag right now. Yep. Right? 58. Yeah, 58 points. 302 to 240. Yep. And then Odendahl's like, you know, 40, 50, 62 points ahead of Philip Ertl. So, yeah. Yeah, so Odendahl could do the double and still not take the championship lead, and they're just banking on that with Agurta just skipping on. I mean, how crazy is that? Because I think he's in the running for Moto E championship too. What if Agurta wins Moto E and World Supersport? That'd be pretty. That'd be a pretty good year well, no. for him. So wait, so they go to this week Moto GPs in Aragon, which Aragon, we're getting ready to talk about. The very next weekend they go to Mizano. Mizano, and he, and that's the same weekend as Catalonia when we're in Barber. They're supposed to come here to the States October 3rd and then go back to Mizano October 24th. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, hmm. he's, yeah, he's missing around. So that's pretty interesting. But Dominic Agurta, he gets cleaned out in that first race. They put the bike back together. He ends up leading most of it. And then Gonzalez ends up coming through a great last lap. Him and Agurta go back and forth. Gonzalez wins. Gonzalez is now taking the place this weekend in Aragon. Since we're going to start talking about MotoGP now, anyways, mm-hmm. look for Gonzalez, who is also former um, World 300 Supersport champion. He got bumped up last year. He's been close to winning races, been on the podium, but he finally won one in Magnicore. And he's actually taken Lorenzo Baldessari's place, I read this morning, in Moto2 on the mm. MV. And apparently he's linked with with rides over there next year. So let's get into it, Greg, as far as this weekend in Aragon. I think that. The big news, the big story, I think, coming out of it, besides Quattararo being as dominant as he is, is Maverick Vinales is going to be on this Aprilia starting this weekend, which I, you know, I think is, I think it's an incredible story based on the timeline of how quickly all this worked out. Where, you know, it was only a month ago that he was, you know, lined up in Austria, and you know, as we know, he's done some, you know, he tried to blow the bike up, or he, he at least held the thing on the limit, or whatever he was trying to do, gets himself booted. And it all very quick succession. They release him from his contract. Apparently, puts him on a bike. Next thing you know, he's like, "This is the happiest I've ever been," which I just think is the funniest quote of the year, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That is, this is the happiest I've ever been. Is that right? <laughs> so when you got on the Yamaha and were leading every test when you started, that wasn't the happiest you ever were. 
So let so, me understand. You were married for five years. Your wife stopped touching your pee-pee. You meet a new girl. She totally touches it. Now you're the happiest guy in life. Have fun with that. Yeah, well, I'm glad you went there. I didn't go there. Like, I mean, you know, congrats. Huh? Uh, yeah, who? Um, huh? But anyways, I think that this uh, this weekend, uh, this championship to me, if you'd asked me before Silverstone, you can remember I was making an argument for Joan Mir. I was making an argument for Bagnaya. And it kind of goes back to something that you touched on very briefly just a few minutes ago about tires and how important they are and this and that. Boy, at Silverstone, um, both Bagnaya and Mir looked like they got bad tires. Both guys dropped like stones. Quattro was out the front. I mean, it couldn't have been a worst-case scenario for those two guys um, seeing Quattro split. This championship now is Quattro's 100% to lose. I don't think that there's enough guys that can beat him on a weekend um, unless he beats himself. I think the only chance that these other guys have is if they get a couple of good wet weather races where there could be big mixes up, big mix ups in points there. Um, the point now, I think the points gap now, Greg, is like over 60, isn't it? Is he's got uh, 206 to 141. So yeah, was yeah. that 65? 65. So, so when you look at it, he's, he's got two races that he could legit, legitimately sit out. He could literally sit out two races and still have a 15 point lead going into that, you know, that third race. So, I just feel like he's at a stage now, Quattro is, where when you get such a big points lead, you forget about the points, kind of like a Gagne or any of those. They could just go race for race wins and really not feel like they have, that they're throwing too much risk at it to still try to win these races. Yeah, like if you crash out of the lead with that kind of points lead, you go, oh, shucks. Yeah, bummer. <laughs> not know, not made, like made it a little harder on myself, but you know he's not uh, going to do it two and three races in a row. No, 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 no. You know, and, so, and right now he's the class of the field. And I think that when you look at it, this has got to be a weekend. I mean, Zarco hasn't been, you know, both races in Austria and at Silverstone, Zarco has kind of removed himself uh, as, as good as he was. Uh, we thought he was on the brink of maybe winning a Grand Prix. And then he just had two horrible rounds in Austria and a horrible round in England. He's going to be looking to bounce back. Do you see he's actually riding a motorcycle to the races? Yeah, of course I saw that. Did you see I was that? Like, he, I was like, that's you, my boy. Yeah, some 1981 this, Ducati. Huh? Is this like Johan's ride to the races? Is that is that what this is? Like Greg Greg White's yeah. ride, to, Greg's ride to the races, huh? which by the way resumes on Thursday. By the way, yeah, I'm yeah. Going, well, you know, yeah. I'm just yeah. saying it's like you know maybe you've inspired him, but Maybe. I think when you when you or look I at don't this, think he knows I exist. I mean, I've interviewed him in Park Fermi a couple times, but I'm guessing he doesn't know I exist. Do you realize I've shared the track with him? No, two occasions I've actually ridden on the track with. He, he was writing he was writing Moto 2 and it might have been his first year in Moto 2 coming up might have been I don't really remember but when I went and I rode in Spain with my friends we went to we went to Aragon for two days and then we went to Valencia for two days and he was there that. for yeah. he was there for both days riding an R6 huh. yeah yeah and uh, actually I saw him at lunch they, they, they had like a uh, you'd have loved it Greg there was a buffet kind of lunch and uh, built for guys like you. And, um, I don't get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, you know, salad, I'm a very finicky eater, so I don't mm -hmm. sure. Huh? How can, how come a guy your size can be a finicky eater? That's very odd. Um, anyways, <laughs> I'm going to get be hate for that well, probably, but that's okay. Because, you know, if there's a choice to order a 10 inch pizza, a 12 inch pizza, a 14 inch pizza or an 18 inch pizza, I know what you're going for. Yeah. I like two, four, two 14 inches. Well, that just sounds like a Friday night for you. Yeah. Anyways, um, the thing is, is that, is that uh, I remember seeing him right there. And I think that, but Zarko's kind of out of the mix. And 
Juwan Mir hasn't proven that he can win multiple races, which is a shame because I think he's that good that he can. You still think Zarco's going to win a race this year? Because remember, that was a question at the beginning of the year. Yeah, that was a question at the beginning of the year. Right now, he doesn't look like he's on form too, does he? I think he'll. I think he'll figure it out. Well, he'll figure it out. I think. Will he be on the podium again? Probably. I just don't know where. I. I, I, I just he'll, don't he'll know win where. at Mizano. He'll win at Mizano. Really? Watch. Okay. I think that I think two rounds two rounds at Mizano. That's what I'm saying. Well, look, it, huh? when they had to start looking at where to put other races, especially in Valleys last year, where else would they go back? You put nine rounds in Mizano. That probably yeah. would have been. They would have been happy. Yeah, Five rounds but, in Mugello, nine rounds in Mizano. But Vinales, where does he finish at Aragon, Greg? Where does he? Give me your P6. prediction. P six. P six. P six. I think he. I think he rides up in. I think he rides towards the front for sure. He's going to be in a top three position. But I think that no matter how good Vinales is, no matter how much data Aprilia has at the moment, I still think because I, I rate Aleish. You know, he's definitely a podium finisher as we as he's proven. But I still think that that bike suffers towards the end of the race with making the tire go the distance it needs to do in order to carry the pace to run up front. So I think Vinales fades P six. I think Vinales is on a high right now because he rode a bike out of track and doing lap times on your own out there is one thing. When you start getting in the mix with others, it makes it a big, I think it makes it a little bit different. I'm going to go Vinales. I'm going to go Vinales P nine. And I think that, that they, if, if he's a bit of a head case, which I think kind of could be part of his problem, I already saw that his dad has come out and said some things about where he would have been going to World Superbike had he not got this offer from uh, Aprilia. Uh, did you see that? I did. And I also saw that his dad, who runs a World Supersport 300 team, announced he was getting away from Yamaha and then showed up with Yamahas because no one else wanted him or couldn't or couldn't oh, figure it out, right? I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. But anyhow, I think that I think that once he gets out there on track and he gets you will see if he's if it's still the best day of his life after you know after the no, first P6. race weekend of the year. P six. We gotta we gotta put something on it. So you if 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 I win, I got, you I got give the me over. Your... I got the over P six, you got the under P nine. Okay, fine. Fair no, enough. Wait. No, the over, the over, wait, the, I guess, how do you do it with race results, right? Over. If he finishes seventh or further back, you lose. Seventh or seven? No, seven and a half. <laughs> Figure that out. You're an idiot. Well, that's what you do. If he finishes eighth, I win. If you finish seventh, you win. But you just said six. If so, I win, the free no, so, cookie so that the you number, get, so the free cookie you get the in your lunch. The number six, six and a half for you because you think he's going to finish sixth. Yeah, all right, fine. Yeah, I think he'll finish Beyond sixth, it'll be really interesting. No, to but see you're his... saying ninth. You, see, that's not fair. Well, so that's why I, I get you the option. I, get, I, get I gave sixth, you eight, I... seven. I gave you eighth and seventh. I say he's gonna. All right, I'll you're, take. You're basically saying he's gonna finish top nine, which I don't. I I think he's gonna be ninth or worse. So you think he's gonna be top eight? All right, then what? What's the bet? I say give me your know. free cookie and from the free lunch that we get from the TV. Give conference. you my free cookie. You'll steal it anyways. Mm. Me and my boy Russ, we're on it right now. So, oh boy. Yeah, me and my boy Russ. All right, so uh, yeah, Aragon this weekend. MotoGP is going to be great. Looking forward to Moto Two. Looking forward to Moto Three. What's Remy's lead right now? I don't have it pulled up, but he's got a. It's he huge. Have, it's is it like it's like twenty something, isn't it? Yeah, I just had it. It's um. Let's see. Hold on. Yeah, Let I think go. it's like twenty something, but it's going to be fun watching Remy on. I what I was going to say about MotoGP though is 
it's going to be interesting to see how Aleish responds this weekend. Aleish hasn't had anybody faster than him essentially on that Aprilia for I don't know how long. And now all this talk about the Aprilia is going to go right onto Vinales' shoulders about how great he is and how great the bike is. And here's Aleish that's been putting in the donkey work for six years, coming off their first podium. And right now, Vinales is the story. Yeah, but 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 the report came out that Vinales obviously, uh, or Alicia Spargo was part of the background that was working 100%. to get you know. So so he's happy to have him there. And and, and I have to say that's great for for Aleish because he has a lot of confidence in himself. He wants that extra rider there to help develop the bike quicker. And Aleish thinks that he's he can run right with Maverick. Then great, I think that's awesome. Forty four points, by the way. In wow, that big. 44 yeah. points. Doing. And Pedro Acosta still uh, has a 50 or 46 point lead in Moto 3, even though he hasn't had like the stellar, you know, back half of the season like he did the first half. He's still holding on to a 46 point lead. <gasps> That's Rossi's number. Is this mm. a sign? Is it a sign? <laughs> you're, you're funny. Did you watch any motocross this weekend? Oh, yeah. I watched it all. And, uh, they were down at Pala. It was the same day that was the awards banquet. And I don't think I was any further than probably 30 minutes away from that place. Oh, yeah. Um, down by where we were. But um, it was hot, Greg. It was hot. It was hot in the evening when we were at this uh, winery. that they, they, they had the CVMA awards banquet at this outdoor facility at this winery. It was really pretty, r- really great place. But it was warm. And uh, But Dylan Fernandez, what can you say about him? Rookie into the 450 class this year. Pretty much just goes and smokes everybody. Congratulations. Um, what I thought was really, really funny, if you watch that race, they get done with the first moto and everybody's tapping out of going to the, get their podium, go to the podium or even go. Do it. And Frandis is sitting there like, where's everybody? Like he went, did his did his interview, did his thing, said, I'm not done here. I still got to try to do what we need to do here for the second moto. Second moto, Tomac goes out and just turns into Tomac again. When huh. that guy, when Tomac rides at the level he rides at, it's so fun to watch. Like he is so gnarly. That guy the boat, is. The, the bike just floats underneath him. Like it's unreal, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And now, how? I mean, Greg, it was it was great because I think I think it was Emig that said to Wygant, like you couldn't even do a lap around this place right now. Like he's like, well, you might be able to do a lap. <laughs> and I, as he was saying it, I was literally thinking the same thing to myself. Like I don't think I could even ride this place. It looks so gnarly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be it'd be really interesting to. <clears throat> take guys like you and I, as soon as that race is over and just go, Hey guys, why don't you go ride this track and do a lap and just go like you and I would do one lap and tap out if we made it, um, around, I, it just looked it, but, but Tomac, uh, he's not a role. It, it's now you're going to have this setting up for Hangtown this weekend. Ferrandis got all the pressure off him. I could see a Ferrandis Tomac just battle royaled up there. Well, he's got Sacramento. the number one plate. He's all set now. It's like, all right, we're gonna see what happens, and and with Roxon on a roll, Cooper Tomac Webb, on a roll. Tomac. Tomac on a roll. Cooper yeah. Webb seems to be kind of you know Better like too. Yeah. the last couple last couple moto three motos. He's definitely. I think I think he got a whole shot, didn't he? He Cooper? did. Yeah. No, he he was. Uh, yeah, race two. He got the whole yeah, shot. He's and he's been there the last two rounds since they've made that small change, and um, mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. know it, it's it's it basically it's 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 interesting to see how. I love the fact that he's still motivated to want to go out and prove that he can do something in the outdoors. Uh, talking about yeah, but Jay, the bottom line is the 450 is yeah. over at this point. Now they're just yeah, going for yeah, bragging yeah. rights. So we got the off season on the way, but it's the 250 class that's really the standout right now because yeah, that well, championship has yet to be decided. And the guy who you kind of predicted a few weeks ago is now leading the championship, Jet Lawrence. 
Yeah. And he's got 23 points it's, over Justin Cooper with two motos to go in the season. Yeah, it's done. Like unless unless Jet does something silly, but you could see it. And I'm not really I I you know, I think that as as somebody who watches this stuff, you can tell by body languages, you can tell by facial expressions, you can tell by certain things. Who's to say whether Cooper uh, Cooper Justin Cooper's was hurt or not, but it just seemed like when it started to get a little bit more pressure on him that it, it just kind of started to fold around him a little bit. And for me, you can kind of see it. And Jet just seems so carefree. Like it seems like he's kind of a typical Aussie guy that's kind of like loving to – he's loving being here. He's doing his thing. He's got his brother here. And he's also in his own way, Greg, the way he's promoted himself. I mean, he's got to be your favorite guy with the donuts and all that kind of stuff that he's got Yum, yum. On. Yum, yum, um, yum, yum, yum. I mean, they even had a they even had you know a Jet Lawrence only section for fans at the last race. I mean, he's kind of done things the right way through social media. Um, you know, anyways, it just it just seems like he's not really feeling the pressure. If he does have it, he's not really feeling it. He's just going and riding and having fun. I mean, the guy should start his own off season show and just call it Donuts with Jet and go sit down with a bunch of people and he could do have it. conversations. It'd be a crush. And by the way, he got a whole shot in race number two. And that was his first whole shot of the year. And I think he came in afterwards. He's like, he was more excited about getting the whole shot yeah. than he was with the win. And he went one, yeah. one to score max points. And it's just, yeah, I, I, I like him. He, he's so good on a motorcycle. He's proven he can win from anywhere. Meaning, he's good on a microphone. He's, he's only 18. Yeah. So he's really good. And I think that um, when you look at it, I'm trying to think of, and it might've got brought up on, on the telecast, but I just don't remember, but I can't remember the last time Honda won an actual championship. Hmm. And out, <laughs> an outdoor. Outdoor, it's got to be. Is it Roxon a couple years ago? Three years? Ago? No, be, no, because right? it's yeah, but no, it can't be because Tomac's been winning them all. So I can't remember the last time. But what I found really crazy, this will really make you feel old, is when they were talking about Ferrandis winning the championship. It was thirty years ago that Jean Michel Bale, the last Frenchman to win it, Ooh. thirty years ago. And I'm sitting Ooh. there going, "Whoa!" Like Whoa, I remember right. those days. I remember those days. Twenty four um, years ago. The song "Bad" was released by Michael Jackson, I think. That's today. cute. That's a that's a really good. Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about racing, and you just go right to Michael, which I have a lot of respect for Michael. But you know, as an artist, that's great. Yeah, that's Michael great. Jackson. Yeah. Anyway, cute. all right. So one more ra- one more round left. From? How did that? Where did that? I come saw from? it on Twitter. I saw it. On, it came up in my Twitter feed this yeah, morning. Great. Because I'm bad. I'm bad. Jump oh. on. All right. That's so bad. Look, that That's was awful. <laughs> yeah. Edit that out. I'm begging you to edit that out. I'm not going to because it's the theme. It's your morning theme when you get up and look at yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Let's look ahead to this weekend's racing and a race calendar because there is so much stuff going on this weekend. But the things that we're going to be talking about, Moto America, New Jersey, Moto GP and Aragon, next week's show is going to be long. When, when we do it, though, is a question because obviously we're back to back and uh, I don't know what your schedule is. We'll talk about the end of Pro Motocross and who wrapped up the 250 championship. And American Flat Track is down the street from Hangtown in Sacramento for two miles. Not two miles, but two mm-hmm. mile races. BSBs in Silverstone, GNCCs in Beckley, West Virginia, NHRA Top Fuel Harleys in Reading, Pennsylvania, Heron Hound in Nevada, Works in Cedar City, Utah. And there's a bunch of world stuff all over the world, too. So strap in. It's a great weekend of motorcycle racing coming across the world and across your eyeballs. Did you did you see um, – did you watch any – I know you don't, but I, I'm kind of hooked right now on NHRA. I watched, I watched some of it from – I didn't see any of the motorcycles, but I saw the car stuff from Brainerd. 
when Jamie. Okay, was, no, I just Jamie watched this last. I just watched the U.S. Nationals. I was up late last night watching the U.S. Nationals. Where was that? The, in Florida, uh, Indy. Oh, in Indy, in, right? Indy's yeah. like it's like their it's like their it's like their Super Bowl. Yeah, gotcha. It, the U.S. Nationals there are like, but what they did, what was really good, is uh, Brian Loans, who's the who we met at Jersey, what a couple years ago now. Yeah, um, it'll be I actually looked. <clears throat> I actually looked it up because they're only about they're about two hours from us this weekend. I, yeah, NHRA is in Reading. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish there was a way that I could get up there because I would do it like in a heartbeat just to go check it out. Mm-hmm. I even thought about ripping up there Friday night if they did any kind of qualifying runs in the evening. I'd, I'd and jam. I didn't look it up yet, but I was thinking about it last night. Like, I wonder if they are, but well, we don't I mean, get, if we, we don't if get we could, if we could find we, a helmet, you could get on the back of the motorcycle. Oh yeah. Ride that over there. Awesome. Yeah. I could hardly wait for that. <laughs> yeah. Or we could just charter a little plane right out of the airport, right next to the <laughs> Jersey there. You know what I mean? With the kind of money that you make, uh, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Hello. I'm going through a tunnel. Hello. Um, anyways. Hello? So, so the thing is, is that what they, uh, last night before they showed the final rounds, Greg, they kind of go through all the other drag race stuff that happens during the course of the NHR weekend. So yeah, we call not, that a highlight package in television. Just so you no, know. no, no. But I'm saying, I'm saying that like you know, with our series, we know that we've got five five different classes that we have, and then every now and then, you know, we got baggers or or we have uh, you know something else that comes in there. Yeah, but Royal Enfield comes in, right? Royal Enfield comes in, okay, whatever. Yeah. So so it'd be like uh, you know, but but the beginning of our shows, we don't we don't talk about those classes like in this particular one. Because NHRA is such a long, long show mm-hmm. um, because they got pro stock bikes and they got pro stock cars, funny cars, top fuelers. Right before they go to the finals of each one of those, and they actually showed the top fuel Harleys. Hmm. Oh, my God. There's no way. <laughs> like, have you seen one? D- oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I've seen those and I've seen bit. the top fuel, not yeah, just the, top, the Harleys, the, but. Yeah, when, the top and, fuel and, nitro and, bikes. Yeah, in yeah. AMA Pro Star, when no. Larry Spider Man McBride oh, yeah. was the man, and oh, oh yeah. yeah, no, we don't, we you don't, you and I don't need to be anywhere near that. No, no, no. no. The thing, Happy the to, question I have is, how do you work your way? It. How do you work your way into going that speed? Uh, that's right. That well, like how do you work, like when I went to that race in uh, Gainesville? I went to a race in Gainesville like as a Suzuki promotion when I was racing for Suzuki, and I met Larry McBride. I got to hang out with him. I got to sit on it, lay on his bike. It was you not? Dude. Yeah, you lay on it. Yeah, yeah. Great guy yeah. and. You're literally laying on top of the motors. You're laying on top of them, and they're wearing a chest pad. And then there's like a steel, there's like a steel plate that goes over the motor, so that if the thing blows up, it doesn't come up through your body. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and the front wheel never touches the ground. And they're doing two hundred and what, whatever it is, seven sevens or something like that. How what? I can't remember. I don't know. In the quarter mile, it was a joke. Yeah, so fast. And no, it if was, you're a drag racing fan, I apologize, but some reason it. No, they it went just, quicker than seven seven. Oh, quicker than, okay. All right. Oh yeah. No, like it's, I believe it, it was when I sat there and I got to be on the line when he took off on that thing, mm-hmm. I, I was, I was like physically like scared. I was, I was like, this is just too gnarly. Like anyways. And then they look at us going around the banks of Daytona and like, oh, you guys are nuts. Like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> but if you get a chance to watch that, but I, I want to go, I'm sorry, five, I'm, five and a half seconds. Yeah. Jeez. That's what I'm saying. I knew it was quicker than seven. They go five and a half seconds. And, and. I mean, the so top the, fuelers. The, hold on. The, yeah. The current world yeah. record is held by top fuel veteran Larry Spider Man McBride, who covered the quarter mile in 5.50 yeah. seconds at 264 miles yeah. per hour on the yeah. 21st of November, 2019 at South Georgia Motorsports Park. Yeesh. And Larry's got to be getting on a little bit now. Well, Larry actually, 
I mean, I don't want to get off on a tangent too much, but Larry actually probably 12 years ago had a stroke, yep. had a stroke and it, it, and it, it, it kind of paralyzed the left side of his body and through something called neurofeedback, as he tells the story, was able to come back. And I saw him at, at when I used to host the amateur bank, what I saw him and he was picking up his number one plate. Then he had the stroke in the off season. And I thought, oh, career over. This guy's done. And then I show up to the banquet the next year and he's accepting his number one again. Same. Again, the guy's been through hell and back, but, and I literally said to him, dude, what I, could you explain this to me? And he's, he explained neurofeedback to me and how it really helped him. But, um, he, yeah, he, what a great guy. I loved hanging you, out with Larry. Yeah. I literally, while you're talking to me, if you get a chance, any motorcycle, any, anybody that does it go, just go on to Larry Spider-Man McBride. Just go look him up. I'm, I'm on his, I'm literally on his webpage right now. Oh, and, really? He's got a web, of course. He and does. he's got, and he's got some YouTube stuff on there and you watch this bike. It is, it. It's it's another level. It's a different type of racing. I think but, they have to rebuild yeah. the motor every time. It's oh yeah, it's just like top fuel. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not and that's and you know, and I see our girl on there, Jamie, you know, Jamie Howe's on there and she does such a great job Crushing it. Yeah. stuff. And and you watch the stuff that she, I learned so much about about it. I'm just dying to go to an event now. I think it'd be so fun for you and I to go crash Brian's booth like he crashed ours yeah. and go hang out. The only feel, the only the only thing that sucks for Brian. And Tony Pedregon is they got to wear suits. I'm so glad we don't got to wear suits, dude. No doubt, like full on suit tie. Like, yeah, yeah. Thank goodness we don't. Have to we do we tried it one year, and the years I worked for Fox, and then they just kind of looked at it and we're just like, look, man, it doesn't make any sense. You know, doesn't like make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, people are here. It's a casual thing. Motorcycles, motorcycle racing, and stuff is like a you know a disposable income you know type of situation. Correct. Yeah. I mean, we just got to look at your schedule. You know, I mean, I think August 29th through the 31st was out. So the only one we could look at um, November 11th through the 7th. They're at Auto Club Speedway. November 11th through the 7th, huh? 11th through the 14th. Yeah, 11th through the 7th. Yeah. No, I was looking at something else. But you said that we might be somewhere else that weekend. Oh, that's the weekend? Yeah. Where are we October 29th through the 31st? That's the Vegas one. Uh, We are in Vegas. If it's really that case, I'll go over there for that. Yeah. 29th through the 31st. October 29th through the 31st is the Dodge SRT NHRA Nationals presented by Pennzoil. I'll look, I, I, I'm going to look at my schedule a second we're done. Right? It's a 2021. Is this the year? Yeah. Yeah, I want to go. It's It's good. And that's a loaded schedule from the standpoint of if you look at the one beforehand, which is in Bristol, Tennessee, they don't have as many classes. This one ha- looks like it has all the classes. Yeah, well, now they're in there. They do the same thing as NASCAR. They're in there. Um, I, can't, yeah, like, I can't believe I can't think of it. But now basically all the points get reshuffled, and now it's like 20-point lead. for Whoever's leading the championship's got a 20-point lead over the next person. It goes 20, 40, 60, 80, whatever, however it goes. So they're they're kind of in their their phase now where every it's like their playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. So however many rounds they have left, I think they go to Reading this next weekend. I don't know how many rounds they have, but they got Reading, Pennsylvania, like you said, Bristol, and so now they're kind of in their playoff season. Hmm. So, but I would go to the one in October. I've hundred percent. Well, let's look at it because other than going to Charlotte in terms of races in October. On the eighth, I'm pretty much wide open in October. So, and I know you're a big slot machine guy. You and my mom can sit the slots together, and <laughs> make money. Well, I mean, the only thing is, is that it, it is October 31st. Like that's the Sunday, and I've got to trick or treat and get some free candy. 
So yeah, I'll have to really, as? huh? As you, that's cute. <laughs> I cute. just put my leathers on, put my helmet on with a dark shield, and just go out there and go. I'm 15 years old. Trick or treat. Dude, we should get we should get Spider Man on our on our podcast. That nah, we probably could. I'll reach out to him. See what's up. I mean, see what he's up to. We need to see if our listeners just go go to his website. Everybody's got to go to his website and check it out, and you'll see what you'll see what the craze is. It's it's gnarly. Well, I've been to his Facebook page, but you're saying yeah. go to his. Go ah, to he's his... got a website. I just looked him up. He's got a website. He's got some. He's got some. Uh, he's got some stuff on here where if you, you know, if you're into this stuff, like if you just listen to the bikes, they just sound. Duh, so dude, it's mean. gnarly. Yeah, all right, let's, let's, all right this, let's, let's wrap this. Let's wrap this damn thing up. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. I'm done with you too. Don't you got to get an airplane soon? Like, no, I got so I got stuff I got to do today. All right. Once I leave, I'm out, man. I'm out for a while. Yeah, you're gonna be gone from three weeks, a month. A month. Oof. I was freaking out because I couldn't find my passport. <laughs> I'll let you guess who found that. Your mom. I looked everywhere for this passport, couldn't find it, and I left for one night. And I go, "Hey, mom, I'm freaking out. I can't find my passport." I hung up the phone. Literally, it was three minutes later. I found it. I'm like, "How? How'd you find it?" <laughs> Yeah. Because she cleans your house, you factory rider. Benefits of having your mother live with you. Whatever. Yeah. All I know is that you get to skip the banquet, and I'm very upset because you're the only person that likes the job I do when I do the banquet. I need that more. Shut up! Afterwards. Everybody knows the job you do. Everybody likes it. I'm sure. We're I'll have Colb and Simon will be there to heckle you. Perfect. All right. That's. They said. Good. I think they said that they could actually do it with you if you needed any help. You know. Hmm. Colb. Yeah, you don't need that help, Colb. Cole was so happy he got his little championship trophy. <laughs> Let's hope he's not listening. Yeah. Are you done? We could go on for hours with him, him and Simon. Do we need to? Should have heard the conversations. I picked him and Simon up with my mom in the car. And we start talking about Cole and his little, you know, some of the things that he does for pastime. 